Hey, this is Andrew bringing you another Keyforge deck review. This one is Spool Jackson's Step Physicist. And uh, this is one that I opened yesterday at a sealed store championship. That's a pretty cool archon there. I like the little star things up here. And it's Untamed Star Alliance and Saurian. And by the way, I have uh, on the card backs. The Saurian is in the, the right position where uh, it gets misprinted. So, <laughs> there you go. Apparently that's just a, a fairly common thing when it's in that position from what I've heard. Uh, yeah, so before I actually start getting into the cards, I just want to say I, I was able to take this deck to top 8 out of 24 people. So it landed in the, in the top 3rd. And it beat, uh, I was the one loss during Swiss for one of the players that was at the top two table. I had a, a commitment, so I had to leave early, uh, which I, I was kind of relieved I lost uh, in, in the top eight round because I, uh, I, I really would have had to concede later anyway. Um, anyway... I guess that's my way of, of uh, rationalizing it. So anyway, I was I was his one Swiss loss, and the, the weird thing was that uh, game one with this deck went three keys to zero. I won it three keys to zero. Game two went to time, and I barely won on time, and I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, and then the... The third game went 3-0. This was against the guy who was at the top two table. I beat him three keys to zero, uh, which is, is just very interesting because of where he landed, you know? Uh, and I don't, again, I don't know whether he got first or second in the end. And uh, and then game four, um, game four I lost uh, to someone who also made top eight but got knocked out there and game five I won. Uh, another interesting note there, the tournament doc from FFG says that with 24 people, even on advanced, we should have done four rounds with a top cut to eight. Um, but Jem made us do five rounds with a top cut to eight. So uh, that was a little weird. Um, but, it, I mean, it was fine. Uh, it worked out, again, it worked out in the end because I got uh, beat in the first round of the top eight by someone, the other person, who also made it to the top table. So, uh, so one of them I had just barely lost to, and one of them I beat 3-0. Um, I opened this deck and started looking at it, and I thought, this isn't, uh, this isn't great. I was very excited about having Star Alliance and Saurian, but... There are some things that don't work very well in this deck. Star Alliance is always great. It just it works well with anything. Uh, it works very well with the star with the Sarian. Uh, the I I think you'll see when we get to the Untamed. It's kind of uh, not very helpful, and it was consistently something that I I would get to the point where I would I would play it because it was clogging my hand, and that's not a great situation to be in. Afterward, uh, I played a couple games. Uh, my my friend who who also got knocked in top eight. We were waiting for one other friend before I could drive away, and uh, and he pulled out a random coda deck 
that he had just opened and said, hey, do you want to try these against each other, playing against this deck? And, and he was slaughtering me. <laughs> and so uh, he had, like, Brobnar with just excellent board control and Shadows for Amber control. And uh, anyway, so afterward, he sent me his deck list link, and he said, oh, hey, look, this, this is good, but it's not, you know, not insane. <clears throat> and it was, like, 70 sass. And if you listen to me a lot, you know I'm not, like, a, I'm not... I don't love these rating systems, um, but they, they do give interesting information, and SAS is closer to ARC now, so it's a little more, slightly more objective. Anyway, so I looked up the SAS on this, and it's 60, so uh, at least by that, you know, system. And again, when I opened it up, I thought, hey, that's that's not amazing. So SAS and I kind of agreed on this one. Uh, I'm pretty proud of having ridden it to top 8, um, but uh, I also, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, there's some things missing, some things that could be better. Uh, definitely, if I could, like, re-roll the untamed side, I, I would. Okay, so let's get into it. So let's cover Saurians first. We have Axiom of Grisk. This is a an action. When you play it, you ward a creature. You destroy each creature with no amber on it, and you gain two chains. Uh, this is often a one-sided board wipe because Saurians do so much stealing, and it's so easy to put a lot of amber on your cards that you're probably wiping the opponent's board. And this is a really important board control card because it keeps you from uh, being in a position where you would... Um, <clears throat> where where those cards that have Amber on them would be killed. So it's, it's great. It's often worth the chains. The only thing is it falls down a little bit when you're playing against Saurian beca because your opponent's Saurian is probably also capturing. Uh, so... A little risky there. Uh, Brooded on Auxiliary is a six power beast with taunt and hazardous two, which is very nice for board control for taking heat off of some of your creatures you might want to protect a little more. Chant of Hubris. Gain an amber, move one amber from a creature to another creature. And one like missed opportunity I saw a couple people uh, do with this is they would like move an amber from one of their creatures to another of their creatures. Um, but it, it just says a creature to another creature. So you could move an amber from one of your opponent's creatures to a different of your opponent's creatures. And you could also move an amber from one of your creatures to one of your opponent's creatures, which is effectively a steal. Uh, it's also very good if you have Imperial Scutum because if all the... Uh, if you're, even if your opponent has no creatures, but you have some amber captured, you can move an amber from one of your creatures to the creature with the Imperial Scutum, which uh, means that probably that amber is, you know, just lost to your opponent. But if you can, move an amber from one of your creatures to one of your opponent's creatures, because at that point, you are, you know, now you can kill that creature and get the amber. Uh, okay, Imperial Scutum. <clears throat> I have two of these. It's an upgrade with a bonus amber, and it gives a creature plus two armor, which is really excellent, and destroyed, move each amber on this creature to the common supply. Uh, so this is really helpful if you're doing these effects where you're capturing Amber. We haven't gotten to them yet. But if you're doing a lot of capture or exalt, then, uh, you know, throw this on the creature that you're that you're putting all that Amber on, and when it dies, uh, all the Amber is going to just evaporate. Uh, of course, if your opponent does like a Hysteria or, or a Purge, something that 
makes the creature leave play without being destroyed, then this would not trigger and they would get the amber. So you just have to be careful about that. Uh, in my experience, I would stick this on a creature, on a big creature that had a lot of amber on it, and then because I have a, a lot of ward in the Star Alliance, I would just keep those creatures warded and my opponents would just leave them alone because at that point the amber's lost. That's annoying, but whatever. And, uh, and in Sealed, people didn't have the lifted off the board effects, so uh, yeah, they, they kind of just left them there, and uh, it, it was just a deterrent in, in the end, and that worked out really well. Uh, Legatus Raptor is a four-power dinosaur soldier, and it has one armor, and the fight ability is you may exalt Legatus Raptor if you do ready and use another friendly creature. Uh, that can be quite good, and especially if you have the Imperial Scutum on the Legatus Raptor. Not only does that armor help you when you're fighting, but additionally, you don't have to worry so much about exalting him because uh, the amber is just going to evaporate. So it turns this into basically fight. You may ready and use another friendly creature, which is really nice. Uh, we have two copies in here of the Golden Spiral. It is a fantastic artifact. It says, uh, action, exalt a friendly creature, ready and use that creature. And again, if you're doing that on creatures that have the Imperial Scutum, then uh, you know you don't have to worry so much about the Exalt part. And in the case of like Legatus Raptor, you're exalting him once to fight, then he can exalt a second time to ready and use the neighbor, which means you're getting double value out of the Golden Spiral, right? And because his effect is ready and use, it's like you can use the neighbor, fight, exalt, use the neighbor, Golden Spiral, Exalt, Fight, Exalt, Use the Neighbor, uh, which can get out of hand very quickly, uh, and I'll show you the my favorite neighbor for him in a second. I have two copies of Tribute. So Tribute is an action with a bonus amber, uh, and it says the most powerful friendly creature captures two amber. You may exalt that creature to repeat the preceding effect. Well, again, if you have the Imperial Scutum on that creature, then uh, this becomes amazing because you are... Uh, capturing four onto the creature, you're adding another one from the exalt, but that five amber is just going to evaporate when the creature dies, so it is not a big deal. Very useful. This is a little bit broken when you get to tiebreakers. Uh, so in my game that went to tiebreaker, um, I basically, time was called dur during my opponent's turn, and unfortunately for him, like right at the end of his turn. So he was very close to where he would have passed, but time was called, so his turn was over. Or, so his turn was still in, in progress, and, uh, and that meant that his turn ended, and then I would get a turn. And um, we were both on two keys. He had six amber, I had two, and I had tribute in my hand. And what that meant was I was able to, even regardless of my other cards, this was able to drop him to four and push me up to three. Uh, sorry, drop him to two, from six down to two, and uh, and me from two up to three, and then I, I was able to reap a little as well. Um, and because it was the time to worry about that exalt, I didn't have to worry about whether he could get the captured amber back. Uh, so tribute is, is just a very swingy card for tiebreakers. And, you know, uh, hopefully games don't go to tiebreaker very often. I really feel they, a few games did yesterday at the sealed uh, world champ, or not world champs, but store champs, and I, I feel like a lot of it was, you know, it's a new set, it's sealed, just nobody knew uh, how to play these cards really fast, so that'll get better. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty broken in tiebreaker.
Uh, Paraguardian is a six-powered dinosaur soldier with one armor. When it reaps, you may exalt it, and if you do, ward each of its neighbors. And he, I want to show you, this is like, because this, this happened, this was a real turn for me. And maybe I should pull out my tokens, because... So basically... My opponent had board state, and actually, you know what, let me, I'm just going to pull out some other tokens too. My opponent had some creatures on the board, and here's what I was able to do. I had Paraguardian next to Legatus Raptor, and I actually had Scudum on both of them. So, here was the play. Reap with Paraguardian. That's, I gained an Amber. I exalt the Paraguardian. Uh, I may exalt, so the Reap effect is you may, you may exalt Paraguardian if you do ward each of its neighbors. So I reaped with Paraguardian, I exalt it, and I ward Legatus Raptor. Legatus Raptor fights, burns the ward. His fight effect is you may exalt him to ready and use his neighbor. So I do that, I exalt him, and I ready and use Paraguardian to reap. And I exalt the Paraguardian toward Legatus Raptor. Now I use Golden Spiral to exalt Legatus Raptor to ready and use him. He fights something, burns the ward, exalt him to ready and use the neighbor. I'll use the Paraguardian to reap. I'll exalt the Paraguardian, and I'll put a ward on Legatus Raptor, and then I can use the Golden Spiral again to do it again. So at the end of the day, I've reaped four times with Paraguardian. I've exalted the Paraguardian four times. I've fought four times with the Legatus Raptor, each time having a ward already on it. And I've exalted the Legatus Raptor five times. At the end of the day, the Legatus Raptor has a ward. The Paraguardian doesn't, but it might from some other effect. It's just been reaping anyway. They both have Scudum, so all that amber is just going to evaporate. Uh, and I've gained I've gained four amber and done four fights with a four power creature, you know, where it's not getting hurt. So that's pretty bonkers. Um, that's a that's an amazing combo and you know uh, something to look out for, especially with the golden spirals and the imperial scutums. Like it just that that part all works really well. And and I'll say that part of this deck worked fantastic. Um, I really tried to play through that slowly, but I had an opponent uh, at one point was like I had one opponent who said, "Wait, you can exalt a creature twice in the same turn." I, I thought you could only do it once, and it's like, well, if the effect keeps telling you to do it, then yeah, you you can do it. Uh, and I had another opponent who stopped me and said, oh, whoa, I did not follow that. And I said, well, I'm going to do it again next turn, so I'll, I'll do it again. But I tried to do it slowly, um, and that guy ended up beating me, so I think it was okay. Anyway, <clears throat> fun stuff. You can get into some really fun combos <clears throat> with the Saurians and those Exalt effects. <clears throat> again, it is high risk, high reward, right? You're putting all this free amber for your opponent if the creature leaves the table, um, 
Imperial Scutum helps mitigate that, Ward helps mitigate that. Sometimes it's just the right thing to do because you're closing out the game, but something to watch out for. Okay, last one here in Sarian. <laughs> I'm going long on this video, I guess. Diplomacy. It's uh, an action with an ant with a bonus amber, and it has alpha. And when you play it until the start of your next turn, each creature gains before fight exalt this creature. So basically, what you are doing is you're putting your opponent in a situation where if they want to fight, they have to almost give you free amber. They can still fight, but <clears throat> that's what they'll do. But it applies on your turn as well. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting card. And most of the time it, it worked out to my advantage, especially, again, because of things like the Imperial Scutum. Uh, it also can work out to your benefit if you have the Axiom of Grisk in your hand, right? Maybe you fight with some cards, exalt them, and then they just don't get destroyed by the Axiom. All right, let's go on to Star Alliance here. Uh, and the Star Alliance here is, <clears throat> is fine as well. I don't, I think it's fine. Uh, Arms Master Melina is a four-power human with Hazardous 3, and each of her neighbors gets Hazardous 3. Really good board control there. Chief Engineer Walls is a two-power human with Elusive. Play Fight Reap, you may return an upgrade or robot card from your discard pile to your hand. And this, this deck has plenty of those. It has, uh, we saw two upgrades in Sarian. There's a bunch coming in Star Alliance. Uh, Explo Rover is an eligible target for Chief Engineer Walls. It's a three-power robot with Skirmish. Uh, but it can be played as an upgrade instead of a creature with the text, this creature gains skirmish. And, uh, yeah, that has worked pretty well. Um, I had, I definitely had games where I played it just as a creature and some where I played it as an upgrade if I, for example, needed to do, to do board control right away. And I had like a ready officer frame or something like that. I might just throw the Explorer over as an upgrade on her. So, First Officer Frayne is a 4-power human with Play, Fight, Reap. A friendly creature captures one. This is this works really well with the Saurian, with the Imperial Scutum and the uh, and the Axiom of Grisk. You can do these capture effects. You know that the Amber is just going to evaporate in the end. And you know that um, you can... Uh, you know, you can help, like, capture onto something right before you do an Axiom of Grisk, for example. I had a turn where I used the Golden Spiral to exalt and use First Officer Frame to reap and then capture onto another creature right before I did Axiom, uh, which was pretty pretty powerful. All right, we have two copies of Medic Ingram. She's a fantastic card. Like, I'm super bullish on Medic Ingram at this point after having a couple decks with her. Uh, three power human with play fight reap. You may heal three damage from a creature and word it. Yes, she herself is an eligible target for that. Uh, but also, you know, if you put her next to something that has taunt or something, maybe you want to put it on the taunt creature. Uh, just a great effect. Melina's Blaster is an upgrade with a bonus amber. Gives the creature fight reap. You may deal two damage to a creature or attach Melina's Blaster to Arms Master Melina. And after you attach it to Melina, you may deal three damage to a creature. Uh, and you could imagine an interesting situation where maybe you have Frayne and Melina both ready. You put this on Frayne, you reap with the Frayne, you deal, you uh, attach it. Well, I guess it really doesn't matter at that point. You could just attach it to Melina for the three damage right away, and then if you reap or attack with the Melina, then uh, you'll do two extra from the from the uh, effect. Sensor Chief Garcia, also a really nice card. Three power human with play, fight, reap. Keys cost plus two during your opponent's next turn. Really nice. Uh, I was just amazed between the ward on Ingram, the maybe the skirmish from Explorer Rover, the hazardous on Molina, all the wards. Like, 
how often I was able to just have board control with these small creatures in Star Alliance. Like, that is definitely a thing that can happen. I mean, you combine it with big creatures in a house like Saurian, or maybe Brobnar, uh, it, it can just be extra, you know, really powerful. Quadrecorder is an upgrade that makes your opponent's keys cost plus one amber for each house represented among friendly creatures to a maximum of three. It was pointed out in the Facebook group earlier, you, you can uh, put this on your opponent's creature if you want. Uh, maybe they have a creature that you really want them to, that you really want destroyed, and you're like, well, here, now it's going to be a problem for you until it gets destroyed. Um, so and I, I wish I would have thought of that yesterday. There's a game where I, I maybe would have benefited from that. Uh, Quintrino Flex is an action that uh, has you choose a friendly creature and an enemy creature, and then you destroy those and each creature that's the same power as either of them. Uh, really nice board wipe. If you do it right, you can get like, you know, pick one on your side that is the same power with none on your side and a bunch on theirs, and then one on their side that, you know, uh, you don't have any of as well and, and make it pretty uneven. Uh, but you know, you are going to destroy at least one of your own creatures, unless it has ward. There's no, like, it has to be destroyed for it to work. Alright, Universal Translator. Upgrade with a bonus amber. Gives a creature fight reap. Use a friendly non-star alliance creature. Very good. It's a very good upgrade. And then General Order 24. So this one was really interesting, and uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how it works out in the long run. I don't think... I don't think it's like super good, but it, it has potential. In some cases it was pretty devastating. So it's an artifact it's a rare artifact and law, and at the start of each player's turn they must choose a creature they control and destroy each creature of the chosen creature's house. If that player has no creatures in play, destroy General Order 24 instead. So the uh, the way this ends up working is I, I, usually I would get it out on the board and my opponent would you know, have all creatures of one house if I got it out early, and they're just going to have to destroy their whole, their whole board state, which was very good for me. Um, yeah, it was it was solid. Uh, you know, then I have to destroy something as well, and you, oftentimes I was able to have like maybe one untamed creature or something that I could destroy. Uh, and the ideal state to get into is where at some point your opponent takes a turn and you have a creature of the house they picked, and um, and you can basically blow up your board and theirs so that then at the start of their next turn, it blows up General Order 24. Uh, there are other ways to deal with it. Um, in this deck, the way is uh, is a, an untamed creature that's gonna come up, but maybe you, know, you get it with shadows and you have a hawk or something. There, there are definitely ways. So anyway, that's a very interesting card, and because it's a rare, a lot of people are going to be surprised by it. Alright, so let's go into the Untamed, which again, I think is the weakest house here. We have two Bramble Lynxes. So Bramble Lynx is a three-power beast with Skirmish, and it says if you've used a creature to reap this turn, Bramble Lynx enters play ready. Um, this suffers from... I don't have a lot of creatures in Untamed. They tend not to stick on the board. And so I almost never in the event did I have that trigger. In one of those friendly games, I had it trigger uh, in, in just a casual game. But uh, generally speaking, this just didn't trigger very much. And I think it would benefit a lot from support from a card like Ghost Talk, where you could 
Uh, Ghost Talk is a very good card in Untamed. Your, your decks with Ghost Talk, I think, are going to be much better than decks without it, because it makes Bramble Links good, for example. All right, Deepwood Druid, three power Elf Witch with Deploy, Play Reap, uh, Fully Heal a neighboring creature. Um, I This is, you know, not not the Witch I would prefer. Uh, key Charge, action, lose an Amber. If you do, you may forge a key at current cost. Uh, this struggles a little bit in the same way that it did in AOA, to be honest. In, in Call of the Archons, there were a lot of cards in Untamed that just printed a lot of amber. So you had cards like Fertility Chant that gives you four, uh, Dust Pixie or Fuzzy Gruin that give you two, uh, Flaxia that might give you two. So just a lot of ways to burst amber, and then you boom, Key Charge. Uh, and in AOA, you didn't have as much of that. And to be honest, in Worlds Collide, Untamed doesn't have as much of that either, which makes Key Charge useful less often. Sometimes it works, but is actually less useful. All right, uh, Song of the Wild is, a, is something that can burst your amber, but you need to have creatures on the board that you can reap with. And again, this is another one that benefits immensely from having Ghost Talk, because if you can play Song of the Wild and then Ghost Talk, boom, you got four amber. Uh, but, um, and in fact, if you, have, I mean, if you have Song of the Wild, Ghost Talk, and Bramble Links in your hand, bam, Song of the Wild, Ghost Talk, reap for sit, for four, play the Bramble Links, it enters ready, and you can reap for two more. Uh, amazing, but uh, you really need the right setup for, for something like that to work. The Fittest uh, gives you a bonus amber and gives each friendly creature a plus one power counter. Uh, that can be really nice, especially when you are trying to do board control with the Star Alliance and Saurian. So I feel like this is probably the the, the the untamed card in this deck that I'm most happy with. Unsuspecting Prey, I wish it had an Amber Pip, but uh, it sometimes does work. It, you deal two damage to up to three undamaged creatures. And if your opponent has a bunch of, uh, you know, small two-power, one-power elusives, it's amazing. Um, but... And you gotta feel bad for those little Gruins and the, I think it's a Snufflegator, uh, sneaking up on them. Scary stuff. Camouflage is an upgrade with a bonus Amber. It says creatures not on a flank cannot fight this creature. Uh, I was using this on my Brooded on Auxiliary quite a bit, and uh, it made my board state really difficult to deal with. So I, I actually appreciated it. Uh, in AOA, I often didn't like this card. I feel it has more benefit in Worlds Collide. Fogbank, really, really nice. Uh, gaining Amber, your opponent cannot use creatures to fight on their next turn. Uh, Gebuk, uh, just really don't care. It's a five power beast with destroyed. Discard the top card of your deck. If it is a creature, after Gebuk leaves play, put that creature into play in Gebuk's position in the battle line. Um, you know, it has potential to be good, but uh, you got to get lucky and... It's a five power, so I don't know. Maybe there's something, but it just didn't work out very much. And then last one, Giant Nobile is a five power beast. After a player chooses an active house, that player destroys an artifact of that house. This could potentially, you know, this did some work sometimes, but um, gotta be gotta be careful about it. Um, yeah, so so yeah, this deck I did okay, and the the games where I did really well, I had. Two games where I got three, I beat my opponent three keys to zero, and those games were games where I got board control early with Star Alliance with some help from Sarian, 
and was, you know, able to mostly burn through my untamed cards with without uh, losing much tempo while, as I was dumping my hand of those. Um, the, the game that went to time, uh, I barely won because of that tribute. Uh, the game that I, the games I lost were actually because my opponent established board control. Uh, one of them was because my opponent established just really strong Sarian board control early and kept murdering my dudes. And the other one was a situation where I had board control, but they were able to kill a creature with a bunch of amber on it right at the end that did not have a scutum. And, uh, and also, like, continuously steal me off of my last key. Uh, so, you know, really well played there. Good timing in the use of their cards. Um, but yeah, so anyway, this this was fun to play. I'm really glad I didn't like look up the ratings before, which you know you shouldn't for sealed, because uh, I would have probably gotten discouraged and and not played it as well as I did. Um, but uh, anyway, just I guess proof you can <laughs> you can get some distance out of something that's not fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, as soon as we we're as soon as it goes up against something that has real board control, it just struggles. So I think that's a good lesson in general for, for Worlds Collide, is board control uh, matters a lot. And I thought it would matter a lot in AOA, but Worlds Collide just gives you even more ways to capitalize on board control and, uh, and punish your opponent for not having a board presence. So anyway, that's it. Thanks so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed and uh, that you'll get out and forge some keys.